Hello, Digital Cathedral family. Brace yourselves for an awe-inspiring journey on Don Keithley's podcast. Take a seat, find your comfort, and let's plunge into the heart of the divine. Time for the January 14th message titled, Shifting from Receiver to Supplier. Good morning, Digital Cathedral family. Glad to have you with me once again on Sunday morning. This is uh, what I look forward to all week long is spending time with you. I really appreciate those of you that invite people into your house on Sunday morning and make this kind of like a group gathering, a little home church, have some coffee and donuts or just some coffee or maybe just watch together. I think you can glean a lot. And I would encourage you after the teaching is done, spend a few minutes and discuss it with those that are in your group. If you've never done that, if you've never invited people into your house, this might be a, a time to begin to think about that, just opening up your home and uh, sharing with friends. You don't have to take the heat. I can take the heat of what we're teaching, but it gives you a good opportunity to discuss it. All right, I want to challenge you this morning. I want to put out a challenge uh, in a way or from a perspective that I don't think I've ever challenged you before. So are you up for that? Can you handle that this morning? You got uh, the sleepy bugs all out of your eyes and you're ready to wake up and to be challenged. Uh, you know, we're talking about, always on the Digital Cathedral, we're talking about maturing as sons and daughters of God, <clears throat> learning how to manifest, uh, growing and changing. And you're part of a great global shift. I think most of you have come to that point where you realize that you're on the cutting edge, you're on the cusp of what the Father is doing internationally, what he's doing around the world. So what we do at the Digital Cathedral every week is uh, what I feel the Father is ministering and speaking to me, I come over and share with you. And if it resonates, if it, if it makes good uh, spirit sense, not necessarily logic, but make good spirit sense, and grab onto it and grow. So this morning, we're going to once again leave the steep decline of religion, and we're going to enter in with multitudes of people that are awakening, that are beginning to see truth that was always there. Paul called it a mystery, always there, but we just never were able to get a hold of it. All right, I want to start over in Matthew chapter 13 this morning. Remember, I'm going to challenge you a little bit, so I just want you to be ready and be down with the challenge. Let's start over in Matthew chapter 13. I want to read verses 11, 12, and 13. I'll read it out of the King James, and I want to read it out of the uh, Passion Translation. And then what we read, we're going to look at the application that Jesus gives it uh, out of the book of, of John. So here we go. Matthew chapter 13, verse 11. Jesus answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to them it has not been given. It wasn't their time yet. So Jesus, and I want you to take this to heart, to you that are watching this morning, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Now, there are all kinds of people, your friends, your family, that may, maybe it's not their time yet. So Jesus goes on and says this, and I think, I think this is his, his little bit of a challenge to those that he said, I've given to you the opportunity to catch on to the mysteries of the kingdom. I think he's, he says this, and it's, it's, it's a challenge, it's a little bit of a stretch. He says, for whoever has, to more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even that which he has will be taken from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because they do not see and hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. So you have the ears, you have the eyes this morning, and you're able to catch it. Now let me read this for you out of the Passion Translation. Now let me just say, as I get into this, 
If you if you looked at the title of the teaching today, you know we're talking about moving from being a receiver to being a supplier. Now I want you to get money out of your head as being the main thrust of the teaching this morning. I'm I, I, I'm talking about revelation. I'm talking about wisdom, answers to problems, ministering to the needs of people. We're talking about moving from being a receiver to a supplier. I love the way the Passion Translation puts it. Passion Translation uh, says this. Jesus explained that you have been given the ultimate experience of insight into the hidden truths and mysteries of the realm of the kingdom, but they have not. For everyone who listens with an open heart will receive progressively. That is such a powerful promise. That's, that's where I want us to walk. I want us to walk in that place where we progressively see and experience, especially experience. This is a day of experiencing, not just hearing it and understanding of it, but experiencing, walking it out, boots on the ground, until more has been given. But those who don't listen with an open, teachable heart, even the understanding they think they have will be taken from them. Now we could set on that verse for a long time, but I want to I want to look at how Jesus walked this out. Now let me just reiterate it out of the New King James Version. And at twelfth verse, he says, "For whoever has, to more will be given, and to in abundance. But he that does not have, even what he has, will be taken." away from him. Now we're going to get into that a little bit this morning. So let's come over to John chapter 6 and let's let's look at Jesus actually walking this out. I'm going to read I'm going to read a few verses here cuz I want you to see the entire happening of what's going on. John, it's a familiar story, so listen with your spiritual ears. Let's see if we can catch some stuff this morning. John chapter 6 John chapter 6 and let's start here with verse 2. It says, a great multitude followed Jesus because they saw the signs that he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now, this is going to be an interaction between Jesus and the disciples. Jesus is going to stretch these disciples. Watch how he stretches them. Now, the Passover feast of the Jews was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, said to Philip, where are we going to buy bread? that these may eat. But this he said to test Philip, for Jesus knew what he would do. Philip answered and said, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that each one should just have a little bit. One of the disciples, Andrew Simon, Peter's brother, said to him, there's a lad here that has five loaves, two fish, but what are they among so many? Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now, there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down to number about 5,000. So there's probably about 20,000 total if each guy had a wife and two kids and some had more. So I'm, I'm going to rough guess there's 20,000 people here. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he gave them to the disciples. And the disciples, to those that were sitting down, likewise the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they had were all filled, the disciples gathered up the fragments that remained so that nothing would be lost. Therefore they gathered up and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which had been left by those who had eaten. So this is, this is Jesus walking out and demonstrating that when you have a little bit and you use it, you understand a little bit, then a whole lot is going, going to be given back. Now here's two or three things I want us to notice about this story. 
When Jesus fed the multitudes, the disciples told him, Jesus, look, we got five loaves and two fish. Actually, before then, Philip said, you know, it would take a whole lot of money, more than we have in the treasury, to go down to Chick-fil-A and bring back, you know, a biscuit and some chicken for everybody that's here. Now, Jesus, Jesus totally ignored that, went right on by it. And I think that's important. Jesus ignored the report of insufficiency. It didn't phase him. He began with what he had. Jesus understood the revelation that we just read in, in Matthew chapter 13, verse 12, where to the one that has, more will be given, and the one that doesn't have, it will be taken away. Jesus understood that principle. Now, how, why does that principle work? When you build on what you have, more is going to be given. But when, when you see lack, when you see uh, insufficiency, when you see barrenness, then that which you have is going to be taken away. How is it taken away? That's a, that was a big question for me. I really I, re, I wrestled around with it. I said, Father, how does it taken away? Here's what the Father said to me. You weigh it out. He said, when you grab on and, and refuse to let go of and use as a supply what you have, you make wrong choices and decisions. If you know, if, if investing in a stock market, if you're if you're just a hoarder, and you don't uh, and you're not a supplier, then you're going to make wrong decisions, wrong choices because your eye is on 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 keeping for yourself. You make wrong choices and wrong decisions, and I've seen this happen time and time again with people. Everything that they've accumulated eventually floats away. They don't have it anymore. So every day you and I are faced with the same question. What is it that we what is it that we have? If you're grounded in grace, if you understand the finished work of the cross, then the answer's clear. The answer is very evident. I have, here's what I have. I have everything that the Father has because the Father and I are one. Everything he possesses, he has given to me. Jesus understood that. Jesus understood, and this is extremely important, that the Father alone is the source, that the Father alone is the supply. Now, he happened to use a little guy with five loaves and two fish. He started with that. But Jesus wasn't looking at the little boy with the five loaves and two fish. He did utilize it, but he wasn't looking at that as the source. So here's what, here's what we got going on. The disciples looked outside of themselves, and when they looked outside of themselves, all they saw was lack. And in fact, because they saw lack, if they had not, if they had not tapped into Jesus, even that which they had would have been lost. The little boy would have ate the five loaves and two fish. Mama packed him a, a brown bag lunch, and he would have eaten it all, and they would have had nothing. So they were looking externally and saw lack. They saw insufficiency. They saw need. Jesus looked within and saw abundance. Jesus looked within and saw supply. So what's Jesus doing here? Jesus is showing the disciples that, that, that they possess all that the Father possesses because of the union and the oneness they have with him, or at that time, the oneness they had with Jesus. And I think it's really notable in this story, we don't think about this too often, but it's actually at the hand of the disciples that the supply was given. So there's a deep lesson for those guys. Jesus was saying, look, I'm the source. I blessed it. 
Now I'm giving that little bit to you and you're going to find that your hand, through your hand, through your supply, through your giving, a multitude is going to be fed. Here's the question this morning. And this, this is the challenge that I think we've come to a place now uh, in our walk as manifesting sons and daughters. We've come to a place in our, our sonship right now that we need to ask, answer this question. Here's, here's my challenge. Do you see yourself in lack waiting to receive something? Are you waiting for the Father to move to give you something? Do you, are you hoping you can catch some of that loaves and fish before all of a sudden it it disappears, it's not there? Or do you see yourself as a supplier? Do you see yourself with abundant resource that and that resource can flow from you to meet the need of somebody else? Do you do you relate to the when we read the story, do you relate to the multitude waiting to be blessed? Or do you relate to Jesus as the blesser, as the supplier? Let, let me just put it like this. Do you relate to the multitude? I know I did it one day. I sure did. I, I, lived, I lived with the multitude, man. I was looking for a blessing. I was looking for Jesus to supply something. Now all of a sudden we're changing. We're shifting in perception. We're beginning to see ourselves as Jesus saw himself. We're beginning to identify that as he is, so are we in this world. And as we do, there's going to become a shift. There's a shift that's taking place. Look, Jesus basically dealt with five groups of people. He dealt with the 5,000, and in the story, the 5,000 showed up because of the loaves and the fish. There are people today that go to church, they, they try to listen to teaching, YouTube, they read books, because they're part of the 5,000. They're, lo they're looking at how they can get blessed. They're looking for an easy formula, a one, two, three step on how they can receive something from the Father. Jesus dealt with the 70. That was the second group. The 70 were enthralled with the signs and the wonders. Jesus sent them out, cast out devils. They came back. They were totally pumped up, jacked up. Said Jesus, even the devils were subject to our names. Third group Jesus dealt with was the 12. He called the 12 apart. And in, in, in our scripture this morning from Matthew chapter 13, he disclosed to the disciples that mysteries of the kingdom were given to them because they had eyes to see and ears to hear. Now, within the 12, the fourth group that Jesus dealt with was the three. He took the three places. He didn't take the other nine. For example, he took them to the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter, James, and John, who were that inner, inner group of three, that Jesus disclosed secrets and revelations and manifestations to, that he did not give the rest of the 12 or the 70 or the 5,000. Even within the group of three, there was one that was John. John and Jesus seemed to have this special relationship because John had a revelation of the love of Jesus, the union, the oneness. John's the one that wrote in John 14, 20, in that day you'll know. He quoted Jesus as saying that I'm in the Father and you're in me and I'm in you and we're all one in union together. So the challenge this morning is this. Do you see yourself as a receiver or do you see yourself as a supplier? As sons of God, as, we, as we're living out this Christ life, we got to come at a point to a realization that we are instruments through which all supply flows to other people, to situations, to needs. Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all of your need. 
Ask 100 questions. Christians, to quote Philippians 4.19, start them out, say, my God, and they will, 99 out of 100 will say, my God will meet all of your needs, plural, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. It's not plural, it's singular. There's one need that we have, and that is to get ourselves connected to a source, an unending source called, called Abba, called Daddy, called Father. And once you connect to that, and you begin to see yourself now as a supplier, not just of your needs, but of the needs of the people that you come in contact with. Do you remember when Jesus, when Jesus came uh, out of the wilderness and he went into the temple in Luke chapter 4 and he said, my God has I'm been anointed to do, and he named six or seven things. Everything that he was anointed to do, whether it was preach the gospel to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, was to act as a supply to other people to meet their needs. He wasn't looking to have his needs met. He was looking to be able to reach out through his anointing and meet the needs of other people. Now, that's a huge paradigm shift, you guys. And I may be speaking to some of you this morning that have not seen yourself in that light. You've not seen yourself in a position where you are a supplier. You've seen yourself as a receiver. You've not seen yourself as a supplier to those that are in darkness, to those that haven't understood what you've understood because it's been given to you to know the mystery, but that person's time may be up for them to understand the mystery, and you are the supplier of the revelation. Now, back when we were just followers of Jesus, back when we went to church every Sunday, you know, we were Christ followers. We didn't understand the next step that he lived through us, and now you're at a place where He's not, you're not living for him. He's not living through you. You're living as him, as Jesus is. So are we in this world. You're seeing that there is a life. I call it the Christ is us life. You're seeing in that, that Christ is us life that there's a shift. Now, back when we were just following Jesus, everything we did, everything that we were taught was, was to the end goal of being blessed. Right? We, we would give we would, we would uh, quote, what is it, Luke 4, 18? Given it shall be given unto you, good measure pressed down, shaken together. So what we would see is that the motive to give was to get. We would say, well, well, you know, we need to plant a seed to get a harvest. Now, there's nothing wrong with these things. But I'm just saying it, there's a growth that is beyond that. It's a perception. It's a mindset. It's an identity issue. We would tithe so that the windows of heaven would be opened. You see, I, I don't want to call it selfishness uh, necessarily, but there was a, a mentality that I, I didn't have a total supply, that I was, I was continually in need. We, we did all those things so that we would have enough because we were afraid that if we gave too much, if, 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 if we met that need, if somebody we saw a need, we get, might not be enough left for us. So everything we did when we were a Jesus follower, we were living for Jesus, we recognized him as, as having a, a, an abundance, but we felt that we somehow had to position ourselves in order to be blessed. Now, there's a lot of people that have, that have followed Jesus for that, that reason. They're in the 5,000. People that have followed him, they've, they've heard the prosperity message. They've heard the word of faith message. And so they begin to tap in and follow in order to be blessed. And when it didn't work out, they stopped following Jesus because there was nothing within them. There was no root within them. And now 
what we're learning is this. We're learning that to live the Christ as us life, we're moving from one that is looking to receive the loaves and the fish for my benefit. We're looking that we can be a supplier. The, the, the disciples made a huge shift in that story. They, were, they weren't looking to get fed the loaves and fish. They were now seeing themselves, and I'm sure their, their mind was blown. I'm sure they were amazed at the fact they kept distributing, kept distributing, kept distributing. And the lesson in it was, to him that has, more is going to be given if you don't hoard it. Now, if those 12 disciples had taken that little bit of fish and a little bit of bread that Jesus gave each of them and quickly ate it, it would have been gone. There would have been no supply. That's, that's how many people have lived their life. But I'm here this morning to tell you and to, and to plant deeply within you the truth that because of our oneness with the Father, we have everything that the Father has. Let me say that again. Because you are in union with the Father, you have everything that the Father has. Jesus understood that. Jesus understood that. John chapter 16. John chapter 16. Let me just read one, one little verse here in John chapter 16. Because, I mean, Jesus says it so well. John chapter 16 and verse 15. This is, this is, this is a huge revelation right here. Now remember, uh, Jesus has given you everything that he has. You're one with him, right? You're in union. As he is, so are we. John 16, 15. Jesus says this, All things that the Father has are mine. Man, when that revelation hits you, when that truth penetrates the very depth of your being, all of a sudden you're, you're seeing your bank account different. You're seeing your life different. Therefore, Therefore, here's the conclusion. Now, here's a practical conclusion, Jesus says, because everything the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he, the Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth, will take of mine and declare it. That word declare means to announce or report. He's going to report to you that everything I have, you now have, because everything Jesus said, everything I have, the Father has given to me. So it's a flow. It's a flow, it's a flow, it's a flow from the Father through the Son to you and to me that are connected to Him. This is powerful stuff. So this morning I would say this, if you're experiencing lack in any area of your life, it's not actually a lack. You don't have any lack, there is no lack. But it's because you have not made contact yet with the supply. And it might be, a big reason might be because whatever you have been given, you've consumed. You made bad choices, bad decisions. You haven't seen yourself as a supplier. You've seen yourself as a receiver. And so all that you have now has been already consumed. I'm we're moving into some things this morning that are going to create an abundant life for you. Now remember, this is not all about money. It's not about finances. It can relate to that. But I'm talking about revelation and wisdom, answers to problems, being a dispenser being a, a flow through to other people. So this morning, let me ask you, what, what is it that you have? What do you have this morning? Because to him that has more will be given. Let me get practical with you for just a minute. Let me get real practical. This, this to me, and, and the Passion Translation kicked it in good in Matthew chapter 13, verse 11, 12, 13. We're talking about revelation. So let, let, let me show you how this works. What is one revelation that you really have that you embrace it, you know that you know that you know? How about God's unconditional love? 
That that's maybe you're still wrestling with the conditions to unconditional love. But many of you have reached the point now where you know God loves everybody the same. He's accepted everybody. He's the one father, Ephesians 4, 6 says, that is above all, through all, and in all. So maybe now you got that. Maybe you're in doubt about some other things. But that one truth you got, maybe, maybe it's, uh, uh, maybe it's a, a truth about the finished work of the cross or grace or what, what The one truth that you have, let's say you just have one truth. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that one truth. Here's, here's how more is given. Take that one truth and sit in absolute silence and think about it. When I don't know what to think about, I think about how big my father is. Just meditate that. Meditate. I am one with the father. Father and I are one. If you just get silent and meditate, maybe that's the only truth you have. You know what you're going to find? You're going to be astonished. I mean, your mind's going to be blown at how quickly off of just that one truth he begins to show you more truth, more revelation. To him that has will more be given. Let me read it again out of the Passion Translation. You have been given an intimate experience of insight into the hidden truths and mysteries of the realms of the kingdom. Everyone who listens with an open heart will receive progressively more revelation. I challenge you this morning, start with the one. I want you to become a dispenser a supplier. I don't want you searching for more. I don't want you begging for more. I want you to start with what you have and begin to sit with the Father and let Him expand it by taking what you have and letting it flow. And then when the opportunity comes, if that one revelation that you have is about the love of the Father, unconditional love, when that opportunity comes that you can plant that with somebody else, do it. Become a flow. The kingdom of God is about flow. I, whether it's financial, whether it's revelatory, whether it's solving problems, it's about flow. It's about giving out from what we have. So you have a business, you have a family, you got personal problems. He will be the supplier of the need. Acknowledge what you have in hand. Acknowledge what you, you now are able to grab a hold of. Right, let me give you three, four things. Maybe some of this will help you. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. I'm telling you what, what I'm teaching you this morning will absolutely change your life when you move from being a hoarder, a, a one that is looking to receive and be blessed, and you begin to see yourself as Jesus saw himself, totally connected to source, and now you are a supplier. It flows out from you. That love of a father that is within you, it wants to be released. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. That the, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. You want more revelation? You want more knowledge? Wisdom, revelation, it comes through the knowledge of Him. What knowledge do you have of Him? Not what they told you. What, what knowledge do you have that is, you could say, that is my knowledge. I got it. He said that the eyes of your understanding, here's what happened. The eyes of your understanding will open. You'll be enlightened. You'll know what the hope of the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints. Let me, let me tell you something. My daddy's inheritance is unlimited. You've got an inheritance from him. You're a joint heir with Jesus. You have an ending supply. Don't be afraid to dispense it. 
1 John chapter 2, verse 20 and 27 talks about the anointing which you have. It's so heavy, you don't need anybody to teach you. But the anointing that is within you will teach you. So you start with what you have. I love Colossians 2, 9, and 10. These are great verses to think about. Just meditate. This, if make this, grab onto this, think about it till it's your truth, then let it expand. Colossians 2, 9 says that in Jesus dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And then verse 10 says, and you're complete in him. Meditate. Think about the fullness that resides within you. Build on what the Father has spoken to you, what you acknowledge, not what you need. Get your eyes off your needs. Get your eyes off your shortages. Use the, use the revelation, use the understanding you have to acknowledge your supply. Take what you have before him and listen from within. Listen from within and let him give you more. I, this becomes the most exciting journey that you could ever enter into. Right. I, I, to me, one of the greatest parables that Jesus told that, that demonstrates this is in John 15 on the vine and the branch. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branch. Now think about this. You're a supplier, right? He's the vine, you're the branch. The vine supplies everything that the branch needs. All you can do is bear fruit. And that's an effortless that's an effortless procedure and manifestation that you can't do anything to facilitate. All he can do is supply what is needed 24-7 to us, and we bear the fruit. What a, what a tremendous flow. Every, every apple tree, every fruit tree bears fruit for itself. I can't bear fruit for you. You can't bear fruit for me. Every healthy tree has a supply that is working within it. So as a, as a branch, he's the vine, we're the branch. As a branch, my whole emphasis is to stay simply connected to the vine. That's, all, that's my entire job. You want my job description? It's stay connected to the vine because that vine is my resource. That vine is my supply. If, if you've never seen the miracle of a fruit tree, if, you did, if you've never seen an apple tree, never seen a peach tree, pear tree, all right? And, and I were to tell you that, you see those apples hanging on that branch over there? See those big red apples? Do you know what? Those came from inside the tree. That fruit that you see externally came from a flow that you can't see internally within that tree. You say that's not logical. How, do, how did what's within that tree bear the fruit that is on the outside of the tree? See, there was an empty branch. There was an empty trunk. You couldn't see apples. Apples don't hang on the, on, the, on the trunk. The grapes don't hang on the vine. They hang on the branches. So how did those apples go from inside the tree to the branch? It's a mystery. Yet I'll tell you what, every apple tree, every peach tree, it automatically bears fruit in its season. Psalm chapter 1. It defies logic. I'm telling you, it defies logic. I can't tell you. I, I eat apples every day. I eat an apple every day. I can't tell you how that apple got there. I can't tell you how the apple got on the branch, but I do know this. Even though I can't see its operation, from the root system up through the trunk to the branch, the supply comes, and all that branch does is be a branch. All you and I have got to do is be 
living the Christ is us life and let the supply, which is unlimited, bear fruit on our branches in its season. Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. Oh boy, here we go. This is good stuff. Let me get over here to Psalm chapter 1, and I want to read this for you because this this will this will show you how that how that how that vine branch thing works here. Job Psalm chapter 1. I'm just going to read a couple verses here. Psalm 1, 2, 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Wrong positioning. You're not looking to them to give you the supply. That's not going to work. The, 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 the ungodly, the path of the sinner, the scornful, is going to try to get you to, to say, what you got, brother, you better hang on to because you may not get any more. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Now, the law of the Lord is the word that God speaks to you. It's the word that God speaks to you. And in his word that he gives to you, he meditates day and night. Now, here's the expansion. Here's the increase. He shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. All right, it's, it's starting to bring into its realm that which it needs to produce that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. So that first verse says we're not dependent on an outside source. That's the, the whole verse one, the scornful path of sinner, that's all outside source. You're not dependent on an outside source. Wrong kingdom. Wrong sort, wrong motivation. You take what you know, that word which he has spoken to you, and you meditate on it. You roll it over. You think about it. And I'm going to tell you something. It will expand, and that true, and and that tree, which tree is symbolic of life in Scripture or, or a person's life. Trees are often used metaphorically of a life, and that life will begin to produce when it meditates on what has been given to it, and it, it, it and it grows more. Whatever it does will prosper. Leaves don't wither. All, all you experience is life. So what kind of tree is it? It's a tree that'll bear whatever you need. You're not restricted to just apples. You can bear. You can, you can grow. You can become a supply for whatever it is that you need and those that are around you need as well. So the connection the, from, from the supply to the fruit was taking what you know Right? What you know, the word that God has spoken to you, the revelation that you have, and as you meditate on it, it starts the flow from inside to outside. It starts the whole process. It opens, it opens your mind up to the things of Christ, your spirit man, the eyes of your understanding. Now, the first thing, the same thing it happened over here in Joshua. I'm going to, let me, let me read eight verse. I was only going to read verse eight, but this is tremendous background because God is taking the limits off of Joshua and he's telling him, you're going to be a supplier, not just a receiver. And so he says, uh, and bear with me, because I, these first seven verses are extremely important. I want you to see God setting him up. He's saying, this is what's going to happen. You're going to supply. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over the Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I 
am giving to them the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given to you as I said to Moses. Man, you talk about producing fruit. We're talking about some serious real estate here. From the wilderness, blah, blah, blah. He says in verse five, no man should be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Don't worry about the giants. Don't worry about what's in the land. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I am there. We will produce. Be strong and of a good courage. For to you, for to for this people, they shall divide an inheritance of the land which I swore to the fathers to give them. Only be strong, courageous, that you may observe to do according to the law which my servant Moses commanded you. Don't turn from it to the left. Don't turn to the right. Now he gets, all right, he said, all right, this is, this is my word, Joshua, I'm giving to you. So he says in verse 8, what I have given to you, Joshua, it, don't let it depart from your mouth. Don't speak it out yet, but meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to everything that I have said to you, that I have spoken to you. For then I will make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. So he says to Joshua, I'm, I'm telling you everything. I'm giving you, this is straight from me to you, Joshua. And I want you to take it. I want you to ponder. I want you to meditate it. Squeeze everything that you possibly can out of it. And as you do that, you're going to get the revelation. You're going to get the understanding to make your way prosperous. And whatever you dispense to the people, whatever you supply to the people, is going to take them into the land and the inheritance that I have promised to them. All right, are, are you with me? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6, he said, one of the things I hardly ever hear taught is where he said, don't let this depart out of your mouth. Don't go blabbing it. Don't go blabbing it. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, see, this is an internal work. It's a work that goes on inside of you. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, Sermon on the Mount, he said, when you pray, go into your room, and when you've shut your door, pray to your Father who is in secret, and the Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So you want to get into that secret place, the revelation he's given to you, you need to ponder it, meditate it. And I'm telling you what, my experience is, I can start with one truth. Maybe it's a truth I'm going to teach uh, at the digital cathedral, and I just meditate on that, and I'm telling you what, I get an entire teaching. I get an entire message. But the point is this, prayer is listening. Prayer is not telling God what you need. It's not begging, it's not pleading, because the Father already knows, Jesus said, what you have need of. Prayer's listening. Prayer is chewing like a cow does its cut, over and over and over, swallowing it, comes back up, chew it some more. See, now you can do this any place you go. You don't, uh, that closet can be anywhere you go. It can, you can be in a meeting. This is so practical. You can be in a meeting and go within and get the revelation, get the truth. You can be on a sales call. You can be driving in your car in conversation with somebody and you find the supply for what you need, not only for you, but for them. Now here's the problem. People that are always waiting all the time to be blessed, to get the loaves, to get the fish, and to hang on to it, the reason they do that is because they think the supply is limited. The supply is limited. And we might run out, man, might not be enough for me. 
But when you're connected, when you know that you know, and this is well worth getting into that closet and thinking about, when you're connected to an unlimited supply, then giving becomes a natural flow. I had a young guy the other, the other day that's going to be starting in ministry. And I love this, I love this kid, a young guy. He's in his early 20s. And he told me he's, he's, going, he's going to go full bore in 2024. And he's, he said he's going to be looking for, you know, some people to help him. I said, I'll tell you what. I'll be one of the first people to support you on a monthly basis. Now, do you know why I said that? I'm not worried about supply. I'm hooked to an unlimited supply. God speaks through people. God speaks through me. I told him, so look, I'll help you. I'll be right in there with you. Now, I don't have to worry. I'm not hanging on to the loaves and the fish. I'm not hanging on to the revelation I have. I want more. I want to see it go farther. I want to do more with it. As you stand in what I'm teaching you this morning, I'm telling you, there will come a moment of transition. Stinginess will go. The fear of giving, of, of supplying, it will actually absolutely evaporate from you. If you possess the Father, and plus everything in the world, every, you owned everything in the world, you would not have any more than if you just had the Father by himself. <laughs> if, if God is an all-inclusive being, then there's nothing outside of him. When you possess him, you possess all things. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Oh boy. I'm challenging you this morning that it's time to make a shift from being a receiver to being a supplier. It's a mental shift, but it comes with maturity. It's, it's, it's an absolute imperative step as we're manifesting as sons and gods in the earth. We have got to be what Jesus was in his time, which was a supplier of emotional needs, physical needs, financial needs, healing needs, whatever it was. Jesus didn't see himself in need. He saw himself as a supplier. In fact, there's not one time in Scripture that Jesus was ever begging and pleading for God to come meet his need. Never once. Wasn't crying and begging to get his payment on his donkey. Because he paid cash. He would have paid cash for the donkey. See, because there's a supply there. A supply there. What happens is when, when, you, when, you, when you're just a receiver, you, you'll go buy that donkey on time payments. And then that which you have is taken away. You don't have enough for the donkey. They come repossess the donkey. You say, God, why'd you do that? It wasn't God that did it. You saw yourself in an entirely wrong perception to begin with. It's better to believe him, have faith for, understand that you're hooked to an unlimited supply, and pay cash for the donkey than it is to get it on payments. If you can't pay cash for it, don't get it. Now, there might be some exceptions, maybe a house, because the house is generally going to appreciate in value, so it's not a depreciating item. But a, but a car, uh, a boat, swimming pool, those, those things, they depreciate. You're better off to be attached to the supply than it is to try to beg and plead. Jesus never was begging and pleading. All right, when you, when you, here's the point. I don't know how you go off, off on that. That would maybe for somebody today. Je when, when you understand that when you have the Father, you have all things, I'm telling you what, it changes your mind. You change your whole perception outlook. Je the scripture, Paul said this, Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. 
For by him all things were created that are in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible, dominions, principalities, powers. All things were created through him and for him. Now here's what I want you to see. Verse 17. And he is before all things and in him all things consist. Nothing outside of him. Everything is within him. So when you live the Christ is us life, you never have to look to receive because you already have. You're already included in all that he has. There is no record again in the entire scripture of Jesus seeking to receive health, receive wealth, receive recognition, receive reward, to receive payment for anything. So the realization that comes to us that, yes, we absolutely are living the crisis us life brings a revelation of oneness. And with that revelation of oneness comes the full understanding that I'm an heir of the Father. I'm a joint heir. I'm a joint heir with Christ. I'm a partaker in the divine nature. And everything that the Father has flows from him through me like a vine to a branch like a root system up through the trunk to an apple tree that bears apples. So giving to meet needs is not a problem when you know that you are pulling from an inexhaustible supply. To him that has, more will be given. Don't give with the motivation to give to get so that you can accumulate. Give to be a, a, a supplier of needs. So whatever the Father shows you, you're standing at the parking lot or you're stopped at the stop sign. There's a guy hold, holding up the sign. Father says, give the guy five bucks. Don't say, man, what if, what, what if I need the five dollars? Give it five dollars. So him that has more will be given. All right? When you're giving, honestly, if you're catching the deeper truth this morning, when you're giving, you're understanding that what you're giving isn't yours anyway. The, the, the branches bearing the apples, the, those were not hit, the branches' apples. They came from, from the root system up through the trunk. All the branch did was bear the apples. So that takes away the pressure that you have to be, and the disappointment that you may have from people when they don't respond to you or they don't meet your need. You can rest. You can know that within you is a fountain of life. Within you is an inexhaustible supply. His grace is sufficient for you in all things. <clears throat> right? <clears throat> and that will, will increase as we read in Ephesians 1, as the eyes of your understanding are enlightened. And you begin to know what the, the, what the depth of your inheritance is, all that he has given you. All right, this morning we've learned three, four things. I'm going to shut this down because I think I've, I've, I've really challenged. I hope I've challenged you this morning. Hope you've challenged. There was a day I walked over the line. I knew that I would never, I would never have needs go unmet, that God would use whatever channels. He's the source. He'd use whatever channels. I mean, I could go on and on about it. But let me just say this. We've learned three, four things this morning. Let me four things that we've learned this morning. First of all, we've learned that you are a giver and not a receiver because you're one with source. Take that and meditate this week. See yourself as a dispenser. If you listen to a, a, a YouTube video and and of, of a teacher, maybe you never heard him before. And God says, you know what? That guy's really on target. I've given to you. I want you to, I want you to give to him. Don't go, man, what am I, what am, what have, I don't have, no. 
That's the Father. That's the trunk speaking to you as a branch plucking one of those apples off. Send him over an apple. Help him out. Help him to get going. You need more revelation. Take what you have. Get quiet and listen. Right? We're not. We're not. We're not a receiver. We're a giver. And when you what you have that has been given to you, you you start to utilize it. More will be given. All right. Second thing we've learned is that the kingdom of God is about a flow, not an accumulation. It's about what you can flow through yourself. Jesus lived a life, man. He he emptied himself. Philippians chapter two says that uh, the word became flesh, dwelt amongst. That's John chapter one. And over in Philippians chapter 2, Jesus emptied himself, took upon him the form of a servant. The word's kenosis. He emptied himself of everything they had. Jesus lived an empty life, yet he never needed anything. You notice that? Third thing I want us to notice this morning, we've learned this morning, is that the fruit that appears on the outside comes from the flow on the inside. So what you want to do is connect to the flow that's on the inside. And the fourth thing that we've learned, we learned it from Joshua chapter 1. The fourth thing we've learned is that the connection from the, from, from the, 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 the flow to the supply comes through meditation, comes through being quiet, comes through communion. Jesus never asked the Father for anything, but he did spend a lot of time alone with the Father. He spent time in communion. And out of that time of communion, the Father directed his steps. The Father showed him what path to walk in. Many times that's how supply comes, is just by directing your steps. Giving you understanding about a situation that you never had before. Opening your mind and spirit to what that still, small voice says. Let me say it again. 2024, this is the first month of the year. I want you to understand something. This year, you're going to become a giver. You're going to become a, a supplier and not a giver. All those things you learned in religion about you got to give to get, you got to tithe to open the windows of heaven. See, it was all about me, all about receiving. The Father said, no, no, no. I'm, I'm putting you in the earth as Jesus. Jesus was a total supplier even to the last drop of blood when he gave his life. He gave. He's a giver. He's a supplier. All right. I think that's enough for this morning. God bless you. We're going to take this deeper as we keep going because this is a major shift in the life of the sons and the daughters of God. See you next Sunday morning, same time, same place. Thank you for being a good channel encouraging me, praying for me, helping me. I really appreciate it. If the Father moves, it resonates, you know what to do. If not, then do what you need to know, what you need to do for whoever God lays on your heart. That's the way I live. God bless you. See you next time. Thanks for lending us your ears. Just a quick reminder. Our digital cathedral on YouTube gives subscribers the privilege of a front row seat every week. It's a place where our collective excitement amplifies. If you're ready to give, go to donkeithley.com and click on Donate. Your continuous support propels our growth, and for that, we're immensely grateful. Don't forget to hit that follow button and spread the love by sharing this life-giving message with your friends. Have a week filled with blessings and divine encounters. Until next time, stay in grace.